Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 21 of the Metabilis 2 podcast. With me, Ben. And David. We had a little bit of snow flurries in the air today down in Portland. How was it in uh, Seattle? And in Seattle, <laughs> everyone is freaking the hell out because yeah. it's snowing very, very slightly. Yeah. Well, you got the hills there, so everyone slides we down do. the hills. Yeah. Well, they should go and live somewhere less hilly if they don't like it. <laughs> but it puts us in the mood for Christmas with a little bit of it snow does. in the air. does. Well, and we love Christmas. I'm a big fan of Christmas. Yeah. Um, David, do, do you like Christmas? It's a, it's a holiday. Bug. No, it's a fun time of year. I think it's uh, more fun if you're a little kid. I think as you get older, at least in my experience, it becomes a little more of a uh, production. Really? Yeah. I do not agree. I, Christmas is more fun for me than, it, than it, the, the, every year. It gets well, more, that's more wonderful. That's great. I'm a big fan of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also a big fan of Doctor Who Christmas specials. Yeah. Am I? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm, we? well, the Christmas special, the whole idea of a Christmas special seems to be kind of a British television phenomena. I'm, I mean, I don't watch a lot of American television. Well, I don't watch right. a lot of television in general. But when yeah. I think of Christmas specials, I'm thinking of uh, uh, British sitcoms, British okay. programs who do yeah. television specials. Okay, well, let's revert, let, just as a kind of a thought experiment, which okay. I'm sure will excite our listener. Um, <laughs> let's reverse it. Like, why do are there not Christmas specials and things in the United States? Why don't you do that? Like, you have Christmas here, and, like, everyone freaks out mm-hmm. about, like, buying stuff in shops. Yep. Like, why doesn't TV do the Christmas thing? Well, is there sporting events, especially time for Christmas in the U.K.? No, there is no sport whatsoever at Christmas. Okay, so in the U.S., we have at least uh, NBA basketball, and really? I believe there's also football on Christmas Day. Yeah, but you always put cr- football on, like, and like, if you don't like football, like me, for instance, mm-hmm. then that sucks. Anyway, yeah, yeah, okay, carry on. I'm interrupting. So I think those are the t- uh, the event television things in the U.S., and Smart. I also wonder. Since uh, the U.S. is, uh, well, more religious, I guess, <laughs> then, mm-hmm. and the U.K. is probably a little more secular than the U.S. Even though we do have a state religion, which is Christianity. Mm-hmm. Well, it probably allows you to be secular since it's... It uh, certainly does. It's a big advantage. <laughs> it allows <laughs> the state, <laughs> state can pick up the slack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm wondering if a lot has to do with, you know, a percentage of Americans are going to church that day. It's a, right. it's a family thing. If they're watching television, it'll be the uncles in the den watching the football game or the basketball <laughs> game. Football, right. Yeah, so, I'm, and, and this is, of course, American football, not not uh, Yeah, not proper soccer, football. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, association football, as, <laughs> as it's called, uh, so shortened to soccer. Mm-hmm. I, well, I guess there is the tradition of the American Christmas movie, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Endless, the Santa Claus, and right. Elf, and right. that one with, like, Dudley Moore in it, who's an elf as well, and the Grinch, and... Right. And I guess there's the, there's those ridiculous animated things you have mm-hmm. here as well, with the mm-hmm. the little things. With the stop-motion animation. Yeah, the yeah, well, yeah. We don't really have those. Well, we, but those are more... Those become kind of traditional, and you see those every year, like the Charlie Brown Christmas special. That is something that would be broadcast every year. Right, and, and they're only a half hour along, and they become traditional, sort of like Christmas carols, where you're seeing them every year. 
Right, right. Same same things over and over and over again. So you have, mm. you know, the the abominable snowman with uh, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, right. and Frosty the snowman, Frosty the snowman. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, for our American listener, I mean, I'll I'll say, you know, Christmas in the UK, television-wise, is like the biggest festival of the year. I mean, Christmas is just huge mm-hmm. and the christmas bumper edition of the radio times which used to be like the basically the only way you could find out what was on tv mm-hmm. which covered two weeks because usually the radio times is every week but that it has a, it's a, has a two-week special is just the biggest deal and the excitement that you got when the two-week edition of the radio times arrived the christmas edition of the radio mm-hmm. times is just huge and you'd go through it and you look where all the cool movies were going to be and all right. the cool christmas specials mm-hmm. and like every show has a christmas special mm-hmm. and like there's always a like a christmas special eastenders on christmas mm-hmm. day and the queen speech is on mm-hmm. christmas day and everyone watches the queen's speech the queen is awesome <laughs> and um yeah now christmas on tv is christmas is based a huge tv festival is there a lot of time off around the christmas holidays well this is this is the other thing of course because we get obviously in the uk you get four weeks paid holiday every Mm -hmm. year it's the law if you are in full-time employment Mm -hmm. but generally in general you'll get christmas eve off and you'll get christmas day off Mm -hmm. and you will get boxing day off the day Mm -hmm. after christmas Um, and then you will also get new year's day off Mm -hmm. as well and very often you might even get part of new year's eve off work too so in many ways, the entire country kind of shuts down between Christmas Eve and mm-hmm. New Year's Day because, like, what's the point going into work between Boxing Day and New Year's Eve, basically? Right. I mean, when I used to work for the government, they used to make us, there was we, we'd have to, like, volunteer to come in between Christmas and New Year's just mm-hmm. to, like, make it appear that civil servants weren't slacking off. But, like, we did <laughs> bugger all because there's nothing to do. Right. The whole country shut down. Exactly. So we may as well have stayed at home. But, yeah, in general, it's basically, depending on the, on where the Christmas and New Year fall on the calendar, it's basically, like, at least a week's holiday you get at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. To fill that time, I guess, there's television. <laughs> we watch we watch TV, yeah. And, we, we you know, we go on... You know, we eat food as well. And right. We give each other presents. And, and spend time with family. and Spend time with family. And, you know, my family will, will, will go on a walk in the countryside. Oh, very nice. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but anyway, so Christmas, yeah, Christmas TV is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it was really smart of RTD, who's a very, very savvy populist, basically, right. and good at working out what people like and what people don't like. Mm-hmm. Very, very savvy of him to kind of invent this tradition of the Doctor Who Christmas special, which, of course, as we know, is not really a tradition at all. It, the very really, If you discount the Feast of Stephen in season three, I believe, right. the first Doctor Who Christmas special was 2005 with the Christmas Invasion. Right, and that's David Tennant's first story. David Tennant's first story. We'd seen uh, the uh, Ninth Doctor regenerate at the end of um the first season of new who right. mm-hmm. um and we'd seen him turn into into david tennant and we had a brief uh, cutaway the pudsy cutaway pudsy with, cut, uh, exactly <laughs> with uh, uh billy piper and david tennant uh, um reacting or acting out the regeneration effectively or I, the just, aftermath and just as a sidebar here again for our american listener Children in Need and the Pudsy Bear are also like a huge, mm-hmm. huge, 
huge thing as well, mm-hmm. which is why, and it's pretty much it's a BBC thing as well, big fundraising, right. yep. kind of like a telethon, like an old-fashioned mm-hmm. telethon every year. And there'll often be specials that involving you know various TV characters for for, um, for children need, and that's where you get the Pudsey cutaway. Right. That was one of the, another smart thing that Russell T Davies did was to get involved with that or have Doctor Who involved with that, something special to yeah. kind of raise visibility and cultural currency. There's a lot of similarities between RTD and JNT, really, hmm. in terms of understanding, well, okay, so JNT wasn't very good at all this stuff, and like RT <laughs> is an absolute genius, but they have the same interests. So like what makes things popular, how to mm-hmm. connect who with kind of you know generalized popular culture, mm-hmm. how to get celebrities involved with who, the who mm-hmm. are the right celebrities to have involved, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all that that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, JNT, John Nathan Turner kind of balls that whole th- that stuff up and actually wasn't as good at it as he thought he was. But mm-hmm. but Russell T. Davis, absolute genius at that stuff. Really, really smart. Right. Um and of course, um as 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 we all we all know, David Tennant, big Doctor Who fan. Um, mm-hmm. Fans of the Big Finish will, will have already heard him before he became mm-hmm. the Tenth Doctor in various, being various, very cool and excellent characters in Big Finish shows. So yeah, we were all really excited to have um, have him turn up. And then just the general uh, viewership also, I think, was excited because he was coming hot off Casanova. Casanova, yeah, no, you know, he's a he's a a good luck looking man. I wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to agree or disagree with that um so yeah no i think we i think you know and he's of he's uh um and he's a really good actor as well and uh i I, christmas invasion i really liked it because i mean it Mm -hmm. really it flowed on obviously very organically from the previous episode and you know the the sycoracs are pretty good villains it's directed pretty well the script is great you know david tennant is obviously super excited to be the doctor and so it gives a a great performance um right. and you know congratulations all around basically big success well, production wise it's it's really interesting how rtd set it out because it opens exactly with, as rose does with mm, you're right it's the, the exact same sequence mm-hmm. and so it's it's almost as if we're it, well it's it's recalling how the the series began earlier in the year and right. then um, right bam into into it instead of uh, Rose hitting an alarm clock we see Jackie pulling Christmas tree ornaments out of a box and putting them on the tree so right right we're we're immediately um, knowing that this is set at Christmas time yeah one that's something that's always vaguely interesting me and obviously one has read about how there was a lot of nervousness certainly within the production team of New Who. Mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be a, as successful as they were hoping and it would flop and be a disaster. It would be like, you mm-hmm. know, the reboot of Randall and Hopkirk with um, <laughs> with Reeves and Mortimer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm wondering, yeah, but it, which, you know, which would have basically nixed a Christmas special. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. when the decision was made to actually you know, go full full ahead with a, with, with a yeah. Christmas special. I don't know. That would be it had interesting flops. to check out. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. the thing about the, the Christmas invasion, I mean, basically who was had become almost overnight this huge giant Mm -hmm. really important tv show they probably knew they had something on their hands because they had recast david tennant midway through this show so there was a commitment to make a second series yeah Yeah, exactly yeah yeah the other tradition that rtd kicked off is uh, 
the use of Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh. <laughs> or, <laughs> so that, Mickey is hearing that in the background when he hears the TARDIS uh, dematerial or rematerializing. And, and just as an aside for our American listener, <laughs> Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody, is um, basically the song of Christmas in Britain. I mean, you all have like, you know, I don't know, Frank Sinatra and Bing Cosby like crooning about mm-hmm. white Christmases and things. We have Noddy Holder yelling about <laughs> about Mary it being Merry Christmas in the, in the greatest sort of 1970s glam rock fashion. And that song really, you do not hear on American airwaves at all. And in, in fact, I really didn't pick up on the use of Slade until Stephen Moffat used it right. in Last Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, if you, if you spend Christmas in the UK, which I hope you all will do one day, <laughs> then you cannot escape this song. It is, it is, because it's, A, it's a genius, amazing song, and Slade are, still are, like, basically a fantastic, super funny, super great band, and this is the quintessential Christmas song. People have tried to reproduce their success um, and have always failed. <laughs> I'm a, uh, um, um, I'm a big fan of Wizards, uh, I wish it could be Christmas every day, which is, I think, is the counterpoint to to Slade's song. You often hear mm-hmm. you often hear Wizard as, al- along with Slade if you like, you know, mid nineteen seventies glam rock. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, Slade's Merry Christmas, every, everybody. I would like this is one of my Who wishes. I would like Noddy Holder and members of Slade to be in a Doctor Who Christmas <laughs> special one one year. That would be my wish. That uh, like Chris Chibnall, wish. Chris Chibnall will get right on that. Let's hope and let's. I'm hoping that Chibnall, the Chib, is getting on with that right now. El Chib, El Chibo. <laughs> uh, anything more on the Christmas invasion? I I think it was great. Uh, Story wise, I I wonder about this. I I, I reviewed this just yesterday, just oh, in okay. kind of ant- anticipation. Right, and I didn't. <laughs> I, I keep going. With the killer Santa robots, and we'll touch again on them with the Runaway Bride. But right, I, right. Uh, the the doctor explains them away as pilot fish that the Sycorax are using right, them right. to basically find anything of interest on Earth to claim it. And the thing they found interesting was uh, Rose in, but. Actually, they were looking for the doctor because he said something that the the regeneration energy would be enough to pilot their ship for right. two years or something like that. Just the whole idea of the Killer Santa robots, visually very cool. You know, it's mm-hmm. a Doctor Who type thing. Killer Christmas tree as well. Also, super uh, the cool. Killer Christmas tree with you know Murray Gold's psycho jingle bells going on. Yeah, <laughs> in the background and Jackie going, "I'm going to be killed by a Christmas tree." I mean, those are really good set pieces. But as a whole, the whole story, and I guess I would disagree with you about the Sycorax. You're not a fan of the Sycorax? Not at all. Oh, and okay. I, my note was, this is not a very Christmassy monster. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like them. I, I find them kind of vaguely aligned to, um, you know, Lance, um, what's his name, and the Faction Paradox. <laughs> I think they're a kind of like a family-friendly rip-off of okay. the Faction Paradox and all that kind of thing. Right. You know, kind of, who's the Faction Paradox guy? Uh, Lawrence... Mm. Um, Miles, Lawrence Miles. <laughs> so, yeah, so I quite like him. Um, and I, I think, actually, you know, a part of it is... But I think this is also part of... Um, you know, the genius of Russell T. Davis is that, you know, he's starting to create a Who Christmas tradition where more than usual 
the plot doesn't really have to make a huge amount of sense right. but needs to have a bunch of Christmas things. Well, I would argue that that's not RTD going out of his way. That's kind of an RTD hallmark where the his yeah. focus is on characters <laughs> yeah. and yes. not on plot. If no, you, you want, are correct, yes. If you want plot, I'm not sure RTD is your go-to writer. But at Christmas, he can like say, well, it's Christmas. It's not supposed to have a plot. <laughs> Whereas like, usually he goes like, oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't come up with a plot because I like, okay. you know, it's too busy. So this is one of the more Christmassy of all the Christmas specials, too. They have all the hallmarks in there. So they have you know, the Christmas turkey, yep. Christmas crackers. Yep. Just little, little, little subtle touches like the Christmas tree is in the background when Harriet Jones is giving her right. prime ministerial emergency broadcast. And the other thing that is kind of a RTD hallmark of his Christmas specials is fake snow at the end. That is actually fake snow. And this, this story, it's the ash from the Sycorax ship. Right, right. And of course, that, that makes that's even more of a kind of a meta joke. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that is always glaringly obvious about all of the Doctor Who Christmas specials is that they're all shot in the middle of summer. And that is very obvious in The Runaway Bride. <laughs> it is one of the hallmarks of The Runaway Bride mm-hmm. that, like, this isn't Christmas. This is, like... This is July. <laughs> yeah, this is worse than, than Remembrance of the Daleks, which is, mm-hmm. like, allegedly takes place in November, but quite obviously takes place in either May or June. Yeah, this is... This is uh... It's full glorious summer is what it is with a bunch of goo on it. So with, with Runaway Bride, there is the reprise opening again from Rose yep. that cuts down to the wedding. Now, the, the London, I checked, the London is a little bit different because they zoom down into a church. And Donna has an, an enormous wedding. And I, <laughs> I don't know where. It must have been Lance's family that had the cash because... That was a pretty big wedding with a lot of guests. And <laughs> yeah, I, my, my theory is that Lance, you know, because obviously we know that Lance is in league with the spider, spider yeah. people. The um, Rachnos Empress. The Rachnos, <laughs> sorry. I, I'll call them by their proper name. Mm-hmm. In league with the Rachnos, I think they paid for the wedding <laughs> using spider well, money. <laughs> uh, Lance and Dada uh, uh, met. <laughs> In a, in a building owned by Torchwood. So I guess uh, RTD was laying the seeds for Torchwood rather early on, I guess. He is. He, so it's, uh, it's, it's he, he really had a plan. He really, he had ideas how he wanted to expand it. Yeah, and I mean, again, Runaway Bride, it's, it's pretty good. You know, it's, this is the beginning of what is one, I think, one of the most successful actor and also companion relationships in all of who in many ways is um Catherine Tate and David Tennant the doctor and Donna Noble mm-hmm. and that uh kind of acting uh, relationship I think is so strong it kind of mm-hmm. saves this one and I um, mean whatever you might think about Catherine Tate as a comedian um she's very very uh lovable and kind of you know, accomplished in the role of Donna um so at the time that she was cast, she was doing the Catherine Tate show. She was. And what I get from her performance in, in that very first scene with uh, the doctor when she was kind of, uh, I think it's Huron energy or Huron energy, right. something like that. Right. She She's going full Lauren Cooper at that point with what the hell is this place? It sounds, her intonation, her vo- voice inflection is full Lauren Cooper. And I think that's her big uh, comedy character. And that's where 
at the time, I think a lot of people just instantly soured on Catherine Tate as somebody in Doctor Who. And she mellows out through the whole uh, uh, Runaway Bride. But I think she lost some of her diehard Doctor Who audience at that time. But Catherine Tate really, I think, was a big star on British television. So that brought in the Christmas audience. Yeah, and she, I mean, she was she's was always kind of a divisive star mm. on on TV. I mean, a lot of people loved her mm-hmm. shtick. A lot of people found it kind of irritating, and she kind of burnt out her own TV show by just being too much of it. And it was um, very repetitious uh, and she, too. And yeah, well, we love repetitious humor <laughs> in in Britain, so that's actually not a problem. The more repetitious, the better. Um, we den- we tend not to like successful female comedians. Mm, I'm not sure um, any country, well, at least in the United States, I'm not sure we like successful female comedians e- e- any better. At- yeah, so, but I mean, I think it was a very, it was a great piece of casting on mm-hmm. behalf of RTD to get um, Catherine Tate involved because she, she wasn't known as an actress at all. No. She was known as like a sketch comedian, right. you know, with, with, with recurring characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know from the from the get go, the relationship between her and and the doctor is is very well set mm-hmm. up, and you know, and she, again, she's she's one of these kind of lower middle class. Um, well, I guess you know Rose and her family are you know pretty emph- emphatically working class, mm-hmm. but you know uh, Donna is a lower middle class character, and mm-hmm. again, you know, I think I think RTD has a lot of empathy for writing class based characters, right. and you know, you know the. The idea of going to the pub and it's Christmas mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. You know, he's very very comfortable right. in that kind of you know low middle class suburbia, the, um, which is of course mm-hmm. where Donna comes from. And I think it's a different type of character that uh, Moffat has in his stories. Uh, yeah, and I think we've talked about this before, but you know, I, Moffat can't write a realistic class based character to save his life, mm-hmm. basically. And when he's all the time he's ever tried to, it just falls completely flat. I just don't think it's his interest level either, too. No, he just doesn't care that much, which is fine, you know. Um, why should he care about everything um, in his show that he does? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, if you just look at the, the Christmas dinner in The Time of the Doctor and it, with um, Clara's family, it's just these people just don't read as kind of real people at all, um, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, Clara's family with The Time of the Doctor just was was not convincing at all no which is weird because you think you'd Mm -hmm. be able to write like a convincing family because we've all Mm -hmm. got them well i think because clara is such a cipher even though they have her father and her mother and just i think she was written as a cipher and i've never been comfortable with the changing dynamic of uh clara's character no no as, as 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 neither have i but with the runaway bride, I think we got an instant sense of Donna's family from her mother, from her father, yep. and just the whole uh, the whole uh, scene at the wedding and yep. uh, Donna, Donna's uh, rivalry or jealousy of her friend Neris. And, yep. Yep. and so I think in just the very minimal amount of dialogue in that script and those first scenes you really got an idea of who donna noble was and her family and her relationship to the world and i think that's one of the strengths of rtd absolutely absolutely yeah the production wise this this was a lot a lot less it felt a lot less christmasy watching it than 
the previous story, the Christmas Invasion, yeah. they had some, you know, set dressings with cabs, had Santa's a self-gate, you know, yeah. there's ads for the Boxing Day sales. Right, right. Um, we saw the Creepy Santa band again. Creepy Santa and, band. And the Creepy Santa driver, which I think that was his big set piece. <laughs> right. <laughs> And by putting that chase scene in, you expose all of uh, Wales there uh, with the leafy green trees and, and the it's, summer it's sunshine. glorious midsummer beauty, which, of course, is yeah. ironic because basically it rains in Wales all the time. And it is very seldom sunny <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, it's, it's usually very green, of course, because it's Wales. Right. It rains all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that really took me out of it in a way that I found actually very irritating. And, and again, I mean, there's nothing they can do. It's a Christmas special. They can't film it at Christmas. They have to film it in the summer. So one might think that you should default then more towards studio-bound projects. Which is what uh, Moffat has done. For yeah, which I part. think is smart of him, actually, really. Mm-hmm. Well, they could always fly to Argentina and yeah, <laughs> film yeah. in the snow. Or like, but, I don't know, Helsinki or something. Yeah. Well, so for the uh, Australians hard. and New Zealanders, this, this really feels like Christmas because it is summery. <laughs> or set it in Australia. Doctor Who goes Ooh. to Australia. See Tegan again. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and Salamander. Yeah, there you go. Well, Salam. Oh, that I have another note there because was this the first time that uh, the TARDIS doors opened in mid-flight? Oh, I don't know. I think it is in the new series. I have a note going. Well, he got that whole TARDIS door open in flight problem that Salamander got I stuck out. I think it out. is the first time it opens in flight in the new series. So that was that was kind of a shock. You know, just having rewatched Enemy of the World. Well, he got right. that whole door problem <laughs> fixed out. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I, I just don't understand why the creepy Santas, other than they're cool, had to make a reappearance. And what he did with the Christmas tree, with the ornaments kind of hovering out and becoming, you know, grenade bombs. bombs yeah, was really a nice twist on his Christmas tree. But it's it seems like, well, if RTD was going to do another Christmas special... In uh, 2007, would we have a reprise of these things again? Right, right. Which, of course, we don't. No. Um, because we have a... We have a I mean, what, what I think one of the great things about Voyage of the Damned, I like Voyage of the Damned a lot, mm-hmm. is what, what they're doing there is they're doing a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. As I think actually does happen in the United States. You know, they'll put big... Well, certainly they used to. Mm-hmm. They'd put big movies on the right. TV at Christmas and you'd all sit around and you would watch titanic or the poseidon adventure right. or etc 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 and that's essentially i think what he's what he's doing with voyage of the damned yeah with uh, kylie minogue kylie minogue now was kylie minogue a big star in the united states is it just does she have the same amount of resonance no and um, well not in my circles of uh <laughs> middle-aged males put it that way Right. I thought she was mostly either an Australian pop star, and there might be some crossover in British, but I think she is, for the gay community, I think she is also a big, significant pop star, and that would make sense with RTD, why that would be a a person he would want to go after. Exactly. I mean, the interesting thing about about Kylie, I mean, she started out in a very famous um, uh, uh, Australian soap, which was Mm -hmm. huge in the UK, called Neighbours, and then she transitioned... If that's the right word, um, from that uh, acting gig to being a kind of a teen, like, you know, like a, a more wholesome kind of Britney mm-hmm. Spears style kind of teen girl singer. And when that kind of died to death, she completely reinvented herself as like a, you know, electronic dance music gay icon, of, mm-hmm. of which she still is, actually. Right. 
um, and really very important in that in, in, in that way and had a whole string of very, very successful uh, singles and albums mm-hmm. in the kind of EDM manner. Um, dance music mm-hmm. and I've never found her particularly sexy but apparently she is uh, I don't know she's she, some kind of sex symbol I think she's maybe more of a sex symbol to gay men than she is for heterosexual men um, but anyway yeah. yeah it was great to see her in Doctor Who and, and, and again I think this was really at the peak uh, Voyage of the Dam really was was one of the peaks of, of of New Who's popularity, and to have someone like Kylie right. be in the show was absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think, in some ways, we were all vaguely hoping that that she would become a permanent companion. Interesting. Which, of course she didn't. Hmm. Yeah, we had the first appearance of Wilfred Mott, mm-hmm. um, Bernard Cribbins with a uh, mistletoe as uh, stocking cap. Exactly. Exactly. His. Um, Again, if my military recognition skills don't fail me, his um, his para para beret. He mm. appeared to he was a member. He was in he was in the Royal Parachute Regiment. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I mean Bernard Cribbins again, absolute national treasure in the UK, and it's wonderful to have him mm-hmm. acting again on you know primetime TV. Mm-hmm. Everyone was so excited to had to have him back. No indication that at the time that he was Donna's grandfather, because I'm not sure RTD knew he could get uh, Catherine Tate back for series four. But, right, right. And with the unfortunate uh, death of the actor who played Donna's father in The Runaway Bride, RTD being an ever-resourceful producer yep. slash writer, um, made that connection. And I think that was a really welcome uh, bit of casting from uh, the perspective of fandom, you know, just with his connection with the... Uh, with the Dalek movies. Yeah, with the Dalek movies. But also, he's a just fine actor, as you said. Yeah, and, and and again, I mean, for our American listeners, listener, um, <laughs> uh, Bernard Cribbins has been a, a, a star. I mean, he was in the Dalek movie, mm-hmm. um, the uh, second Dalek movie, nineteen sixty six, and he was a big star then. I mean, he's been a star in Britain for like you know forty, fifty years. Right. Um, started out as a comedian, song and dance man, kind of made it into British movies, onto the TV, and just uh, appears to be, and I think he is, like just an all time. Great guy, loves entertaining people, super nice, mm-hmm. you know, not a weirdo in any kind of right. way, not like, you know, Benny Hill or someone. <laughs> and he's joined in the cast by another fine actor, Jeffrey Palmer, who plays the uh, uh, self-destructive captain of the SS Titanic. Exactly. And, of course, we all we all love Jeffrey Palmer because mm-hmm. we all love Butterflies mm-hmm. um, and other 1970s, 80s sitcoms. But, of course, we also love Doctor Who and the Silurians yes. as well. It was really nice seeing him again. Yeah. And then we have our uh, infamous Clive Swift <laughs> the infamous- as Mr. Copper. <laughs> <laughs> And he does a wonderful job in this. Yeah, he's, he, he, he does a great job as an actor, but mm-hmm. apparently he's just a real dick in real life. <laughs> well, he, well, I just I don't know if he was having a bad day when uh, Benjamin Cook interviewed him for Doctor Who magazine I, or what, but he I don't he, know. he 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 just I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he will ever live that one down. Ever live that one down, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that you know, there are much bigger things than Doctor Who. <laughs> that, which is weird, of course, because actually at that point there were very few <laughs> things that were bigger than Doctor uh, Who. So yeah. he was kind of wrong about that. Um, I'll also call out George Costigan, 
um, as the villain, and what's the villain called again? Max he Capricorn. Max Capricorn. George Costigan, great British mm-hmm. character actor. Rita Sue and Bob Two, Alan Clark movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. He's done a great job in the Happy Valley mini detective mm-hmm. miniseries, and um, he was in the Beaterbeck Connection, which is a huge favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great British character actor, and great to see him like you know chewing the scenery as a villain in mm-hmm. Voyage of the Dam. And he certainly did. <laughs> he certainly did. So I mean, I've got a lot of time for for, um, for Voyage of the really? Dam. I think it's. I think it's. I, I I enjoy it. It's a great Christmas romp. And it is less Christmassy than the previous two, though. It is less Christmassy, but I think to me it feels as Christmassy because mm-hmm. it's like the kind of movies you get at Christmas time. What did you think um, of having uh, the Queen out waving to the <laughs> Doctor as yeah, the Titanic yeah, the Queen. flew over Buckingham Palace? I mean, the Queen's Buckingham got form. Palace. I mean, the, you know, the Queen's been on Doctor Who before. She was in um, Silver Nemesis mm-hmm. tangentially, so you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fine. Okay, everyone loves the Queen. The Queen is super cool. <laughs> I'm not sure everyone does, but. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Everyone does love the Queen. Okay. Don't ever imply that everyone doesn't love the Queen. <laughs> so anything more to say on the Voyage of the Damned? I think the effects are good. You know, the Space Titanic is actually pretty convincing as a Space mm-hmm. Titanic, though it's the concept of a Space Titanic is kind of stupid. We've got the fake snow from the debris falling. From, from the debris, <laughs> exactly. We have the angels, whatever they're called. Um, heavenly hosts. The heavenly hosts who are, who are designed to throw back to mm-hmm. the robots of Robots of Death. Um, I don't find that very convincing. I wish they'd done that more accurately and really made them facially similar to the robots of Robots of Death, but there you go. I think where they fell short or where they made a misstep was they made the jaw move. If they would have had that mask and not move, Absolutely. I think they would have they would have uh, captured um, at least closely the Robots of Death um, box, the super that box. That is a really, really apposite comment, and I, I absolutely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. If they just get them... Those kind of just completely unmoving faces, mm-hmm. then yeah, we would have we would have enjoyed it more, I think. So RTD brings us to the Victorian age, eighteen fifty one, with the next Doctor, the big head fake. <laughs> the big yes, with big fake out. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the new Doctor. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, what's his name from out of um, the Walking Dead. And it's such a cool idea, and I just think RTD blew it. <laughs> he did, but he did. Blow I it. think. Did. I mean, because we it. we. We find out that uh, David Morrissey, Jackson Lake character, isn't the Doctor about 10, 15 minutes in. And then we get this nonsense with Miss uh, Hartigan and the uh, Cyber King or whatever it is. And it's just, uh, I I think I remember listening to RTD and the commentary on that, just saying that he was, you know, just running out of ideas and he you know it just wasn't going well for him i mean it's very it's very well made it's Mm -hmm. you know the cgi is excellent Mm -hmm. um you know miss hartigan's i like the dervla kirwan's character dervla coban Coban was a big star at the time Mm -hmm. um morrissey what's his name david morrissey Morrissey, also a big star Mm -hmm. so again it's getting these big stars in yeah and david morrissey definitely could have been the next doctor and it he would, would absolutely would be would have been you know in, in a top 10 or even in a top five mm-hmm. of selections for, for the new doctor i really would have liked to have seen him as a future incarnation of the doctor even if it right. was just for for the specials if uh a david tennant's doctor left after the journey's end uh, um the stolen earth stolen earth right yeah uh, 
And for the specials, we had David Morrissey as the doctor and then regenerate into whoever Moffat wanted. I think that would have been yeah, a really nice twist. Yeah, it would have worked very well. Yeah. Because I don't think we were – I mean, I, certainly other show writers can do this, and Moffat did this with Clara in a way. But it would be very interesting to have the whole setup that RTD, with which we were supposed to believe that the doctor had forgotten his memory – and yeah. he forgot who he was in the past, and so it would have been it would have made a really interesting uh, uh, show. But I he did so, he yeah. he he blows through that idea first fifteen minutes out of the gate, and then we're left with you know the cyber shades and uh, yeah. Mercy Hardigan yeah. and the and just the Jackson Lake character proved to be impotent and he wasn't the doctor even had to save his son for him we wouldn't even give the character jackson lake the um agency to be able to save his own son so i just think it was a really writing misstep with really good ideas but rtd just wasn't able to pull it off either due to people saying not giving a a proper check and balance on his ideas or pushing back on the idea saying look Look, uh, Russell, this doesn't make sense, or wouldn't right. it be stronger here? So, really, I think even the Cyber King, probably an okay idea. Just, uh, it just wasn't well executed. No, it's a big fail. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, it towers over um, <laughs> London. You know, uh, London, <laughs> and I mean, especially, but I mean, even worse than that, it towers over like recognizable London landmarks like mm-hmm. St Paul's. Mm-hmm. Which you know, St. Paul's is big, right? Um, and if you have something that's like bigger than St. Paul's, that's not going to be something that you can realistically have as a, a villain that will not do like an mm-hmm. immense amount of damage to the city. And right? Maybe you know, I'm overthinking it, you know. But you know, it's 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 it was just too big. If they'd kept it to like a St. Paul's size, if they kept it like at street level, mm-hmm. I think it would have worked a whole lot better mm-hmm. and been a lot more convincing. And again, the cyber shades, it's, well, you know, why not just have cyber mats? Mm-hmm. The cyber shades are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So like in The Runaway Bride, you can believe that the Thames was drained at the end of The Runaway Bride. But with, right. the, with the cyber king in The Next Doctor, it really, really doesn't, I mean... It's too much. Yeah, it's the suspension of disbelief fails. It certainly failed me mm-hmm. big time. Yeah. Right. My takeaway for The Next Doctor is a lot of potential, really a lot of great ideas just fail yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah nope yep i mean i'm i agree with you there mm-hmm. definitely agree with you so w- w- next we have the, the sign off <laughs> end of time part one right now would you consider this a christmas special i mean i know it was broadcast on christmas day but is there anything christmasy about it not particularly no i mean it's a mm-hmm. and again i don't you know, the master comes back and, I don't know, he's kind of like an evil, maybe, I don't know. It's like it's a big, it's like another super big. villain jumping up and down. and So that's not very Christmassy for a start. Yeah. Um, there's snow, like the Oods live in the snow. Um, yeah. You know, it's Christmas. It's set during Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's, no, I mean, it's, I mean, what's Christmassy about it is that, like, it's a big movie and it's it's on at Christmas. Right. And there's some snow in it, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not particularly Christmassy. Right. Yeah. I From yeah I, yeah it's and I guess the following part two is was on New Year's Day, but I just yeah. do not consider this 
personally in my own personal uh canon christmas canon, canon christmas canon to be a christmas special at all no nothing christmasing about it. it it's a special that happened to be at christmas right but it is not a christmas special and we'll get into this with moffat in the time of the doctor but i i'm of the opinion that you don't do a regeneration at christmas time and i know you have a big audience and it's I mean, there's some good reasons to do it because you have a big audience and you're building the buzz for your next series with your new leading actor. But right. I think it's a misuse of the Christmas special where really I think the audience is looking for something light, something entertaining, and something to feel good about at the end of watching it. And watching your doctor, and for many people, Tennant was their doctor and they yeah, never yeah, recovered yeah. watching your doctor die is not yeah not yeah, the way to go yeah yeah no yeah yeah no, absolutely absolutely and it's yeah it's it's a it's more like an eastenders you know christmas mm-hmm. thing with you know there's something super dramatic that has to happen right which you know really doesn't no doesn't work for doesn't me work, doesn't, doesn't work, work for, for me, me for doctor who for christmas i'll have to say that you know just rewinding my memories back to uh, whenever this 2009 was. 2009 the waters of mars felt more like the christmas special to me interesting yeah if if you if you if you kind of block if well if i had lost my memory or something Mm -hmm. like like um the next doctor had done um uh uh and you said to me what is the christmas special Mm -hmm. in 2009 i would have said the waters of Mm -hmm. mars I don't know why. Is there snow in the waters of Mars? There is snow, isn't there? When he yeah. takes um, oh yes, when, when he, he takes Adelaide back to London, yeah. isn't it all yeah. snowing and stuff? That says Christmas to mm-hmm. me a lot more than 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 this one. Yeah, but we end with a suicide, so that that's not <laughs> that's something which, we would, which is not right. It's not particularly Christmassy. I that mean, is true. If memory serves, and this my memory is really fuzzy. At this after this, this is what seven years ago that this yeah. was. It's going to be slated for around that time for Christmas time, but then it was too decided that it was too dark for Christmas, so it was moved oh, up. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, I think it was first broadcast on fifteenth of November. Mm-hmm. It says here on the internet. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So a little bit of a disappointment. I mean, I remember, you know, I, I, it was a big deal, and we all watched it, but mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Christmassy. It, did, it wasn't. It wasn't a feel good. Wasn't a feel good Christmas mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, I guess we've talked about this before, but I would have had Tennant regenerate at the end of Stolen Earth when he got shot by the Dalek. Yes, yes. Well, then we wouldn't have had the specials, but... um... I'm not sure that would have been a bad thing to hand off to Moffat in 2008. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we had the next Doctor, which was a misstep, the Planet of the Dead, which... isn't isn't great i would go and we have the end of end of time which i think uh what rtd did he did it better the previous year with uh, stone earth journey's end yeah and so we so we would have lost waters of mars yeah yeah no i think you're right i mean we did get you know we did get um you know, we got the master came back. That's always fun. Hmm. Um, but in know, the way we, that in the in the way that he did, no, that it, that wasn't fun. Right. Um, we got Timothy Dalton as Rassilon. That's potentially super fun, though. He doesn't really ever come back again as Rassilon, and, which is sad. Right. And did he did he need to be Rassilon? This is you know, it's a it's the well, Barusa it's the Barusa problem. It's again. the Barusa syndrome, exactly. Yeah. 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 
No, all of those things. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's actually, you know, the end of time is, you know, RTD's end of writing for who and it really it really shows right you know like i think we feel moffat is now like Mm -hmm. just out of ideas i'm sorry i just cannot write this stuff anymore well we'll see with series 10 he 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 is a surprising writer and sometimes he does have these um fits of brilliance so i'm not ready to throw in the towel on moffat i just hope that i i just hope that uh our predictions or our, our thoughts are, are not true <laughs> we will see in series 10 and also of course we'll see in the return of dr mysterioso as well see whether that works or not yeah well yeah so. i'm not not, hold, not holding my breath for that one so there we All go right. so that is that is the rtd era of christmas of specials. christmas specials uh, yes of those wonderful christmas specials which is your favorite ah oh that's a that's an interesting question hmm, hmm. i would say and I wouldn't have picked it at the time, but <laughs> probably the Runaway Bride, just because I love Catherine Tate's performance. Oh, interesting! And my I... second choice would probably yes. be the Christmas Invasion, but I'm not a big fan of the Sycorax. So there, of RTD's Christmas specials, there just wasn't one that really worked for me. Ah, so if you could have, if you could have put the Ragnos into the Christmas invasion rather than the Sycorax. Mm, no, I'm... And Donna. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no. Maybe if I could put the Cyber King in the Christmas invasion. <laughs> <laughs> my, I don't know. My perfect, my perfect uh, Doctor Christmas <laughs> special. Uh, my runaway favorite is uh, Voyage of the Damned. Ah, okay, well, that makes yep. sense. Don't really care for any of them particularly, um, mm-hmm. uh, um, any of the others, but I do like Voyage of the Damned. Mm-hmm. And I, I, actually, I also have the very, very rare... And rather expensive um, Voyage of the Dam action figure set, including a, a Kylie Minogue. Ooh, so, um, well, perfect. And a, and a couple of heavenly hosts. So, anyway, yeah. So, just uh, to close out then, if you were to look at the classic series, mm-hmm. is there one show or that you would have as your Christmas special? Good question. Um... Well, so there's a couple of things to say about that. The first of which, of course, we did have quasi Christmas specials because at, at the holiday season, mm-hmm. um, the BBC would often run um, uh, omnibus editions of some of their super popular Doctor Who mm-hmm. uh, series, mm-hmm. such as Genesis of the Daleks or the Sea Devils. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was so there was a so you have Christmas a Christmas element. association with those then. There is a very slight Christmas association, especially with Genesis and especially mm-hmm. with the Sea Devils. Um, I uh, anything involving snow, <laughs> so, um, so anything involving the Ice Warriors, I think okay. really. Um, so um, uh, 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 I think, uh, and also of course the Ice Warriors have an affinity with foam as well. So <laughs> so um, which which could be a kind of snow. Mm-hmm. So that might work um, as a Christmas episode, possibly. Mm-hmm. I also vaguely think of um, John Pertwee's Doctor um, drink, drinking, having, having wine and cheese in, um, <laughs> in Day of the Daleks always seems to me um, kind of Christmassy. Uh-huh. Okay. Because, uh, you know, wine and cheese mm-hmm. are kind of Christmassy things. How about you? 
I'm not sure there is a good one. I was thinking the rebos operation because it's wintry, but winter. Oh, it is wintry. That's true. Winter yes. isn't necessarily Christmassy, so. That is true. I think if I had to choose a Christmas one, I would go for the pantomime with the horns and Nyman. Of course, it is a Christmas pantomime, isn't it? Exactly. With uh... And it was broadcast over the Christmas. It was uh, in December and January of uh, 79 and 80. So. And of course, I don't associate that with Christmas at all, because at the time I absolutely hated <laughs> absolutely hated 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 it it was right. like being silly and stupid and didn't i didn't like it at all i have of course reassessed it on several occasions now and actually really quite like it mm-hmm. um uh but yeah and at the time i really i really disliked mm-hmm. it but yeah and of course it is it's that it's even got you know pantomime they're more like pantomime cows than kind of pantomime <laughs> horses um pantomime bulls um in it and it's got, you know, it's got like a, he's not really a pantomime dame, mm-hmm. um, but Graham Crowden is certainly wearing a dress. <laughs> so, you know, you can, re- you can see that. And it's got the principal boy. Romano, of course, is dressed up in, in hunting gear mm-hmm. like a principal boy would, would, would be for, for a pantomime. Right. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, mm-hmm. that's, it's, you're right. It's a Christmas episode. So the other one I would throw out would be Robot. But I think I'd go with Horns and Nyman just because it is a true Christmas pantomime special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was was Robot broadcast over Christmas as well? Uh, I think it was first broadcast uh, end of December 1974, probably after Christmas, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess they, only, they didn't really do Christmas specials, you see, in the original series. Yeah, so it was, it was still... It was more because it was, it was like a, a kid's drama show, right. so there wasn't really kind of scope for it. Right. I think it's uh, RTD's influence on Doctor Who continuing here. Yeah. And of course, I think, you know, he's, he's a well-known lover of Christmas, like all, like all right-thinking people. <laughs> so, not really surprising. So then, so next week, we'll be proceeding on to, on to Matt Smith's Christmassy era. Yeah, with uh, Moffat is... as showrunner. So that'll be an interesting thing to It will be interesting, chat yes. about. That it will be. So, are we going to sign off? Yeah, stay warm up there in Seattle. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Antonio Bay. Um, <laughs> stay, uh, stay warm, Portland. Um, <laughs> All right. So this has been episode twenty-one of the Metabulous Two. I'm David, and I am Ben. Have a very merry Christmas.
Thank you for listening to the Metabilis 2 podcast. You can reach us with email at metabilis2, that's a number two, at gmail.com or on Twitter at metabilis2. And again, that's a number two. Hope to hear from you. Bye.